What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Yes, sir. So effective ministry, talking about loving in a marriage, loving in a marriage. And we've been in Ephesians for the most part, and today we're still in Ephesians. That's why I haven't been sitting out any scriptures, brother, because we're still in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians is not really the, I know a lot of people use Ephesians as the, um, I don't know, I guess the governor for marital relationships, which it's, it's really not. Uh, I just like the. I, I want to use it, and I. I mean, I, I. You brought it in, you did, and I continued with it because I feel like that's a tool for uh, marital relationships. It's a tool, um, but uh, the guide that I'm going to use really is uh, John 13 and verse 35, 34 and 35. That's really the tool. Yeah. That's that's really the model relationship that. Um, yeah. That well, the model verse, the verse for them to model the relationship, anyways. Uh, but if you go to Ephesians five, a couple of things that was brought out last week that I really, really uh, thought was beautiful. Uh, the beginning one uh, was this one in verse twenty-five. Okay, it says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and He gave Himself up for her, and in twenty-six to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and I'm going to read it again it says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word a lot of times this is one thing that was brought out last week that was so beautifully brought out was Paul was talking about Christ washing us he didn't say husbands wash your wives he said love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and to make and that was brought out but a lot of times we mistake this into thinking that the husbands are to be washing their wives how is the husband gonna wash his wife no he he, he can't wash himself with the word he's being washed with the word and this was so beautifully brought out the husbands are being washed with the word i think a lot of times we put um, roles on ourselves that that shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? Like we're making ourselves into uh, something that we are not. Like we're not Christ. We're right. not right. And 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 last week it was so beautifully brought out that we have to keep in mind who's the head. A lot of times we we think because Paul said the husbands are the head of the wife, and notice what I said in that. I said because Paul said husbands are the head of the wife that we are in control of the wife that doesn't mean that and we're not we're not even in control of ourselves so it's like we got to keep this in perspective that's why we have a head (laughs) right so so how are we heading someone when we have a head it's like well god put me in this place to to be lord over you okay no he didn't he didn't just like parents and children god didn't put parents in place to lord over their children he didn't It, it, it is a preparatory responsibility. But notice this. God didn't put a husband in place to prepare his wife. This wife, this woman is already of age. 
<laughs> you go to jail when you marry little babies unless the, you know, the parents sign off on something. There's this big waiver. You ain't going to nobody, no, no, no people's house and getting no little nine-year-old. I'm sorry. You're going to go to jail. They call that rape. <laughs> they call that child molestation. Now, I know in some countries they allow, you know, old men to marry 16-year-olds. I know there are some countries because in some countries they say when you're able to, you know, give birth, then you're able to get married. And even in the scriptures, you know, women were getting married at very, very young ages. That's a right. blessed nation. Of course, of course, right? But you're not going and getting no baby. You know, right. you're not getting a baby. And, and, uh, and think about that, too. You didn't get this, this woman, this 16-year-old, to train her up as your child either. You know what I mean? <laughs> you 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 marry her, you know, for procreation, you know, and, and reproducing and and to and, cook for you and, and for completion of yourself and complete right and and, it, and to fulfill whatever work it is that you have, you know, in the earth, right? So 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 that was really 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 beautifully brought out last week, and then another thing that was brought out, um, uh, I think it was this. Let me see. Present her. Okay, and it said, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And this is still Christ doing this uh, to us. And what was brought out though was um, we have to give our wives back to Christ. Right? We have to have the mindset that I got to turn her back over. She's my yes. wife. But I gotta turn her back over. But the yeah. wives also have to turn their husband back over right. to God, right? It's yeah. it's so beautifully brought out, right? Like we forget, and and when you get into these marital relationships, we forget who we belong to, and it it, it really yeah. touches on the first point too. But but just bringing it out with more clarity that we forget who we belong to. We belong to God, and as a husband or a wife, you gotta remember who's the owner of that person. It's God. And you have to turn them back over. And it's like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That merely means that God is responsible for their actions. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not responsible for their actions. God is. Right? So, so if they're not doing what God is wanting them to do, God going to take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> God will handle it. But we're stewards of the relationships. That is it. That is it. We're just we're stewards of the relationship. Right. Right. We're just stewards of the relationship. And and notice what part. Our part. <laughs> just ours. Yes. Not theirs. Just ours. I'm yes. not. I'm. I'm not here to to get my wife to love me. I'm not here for that. Mm -hmm. Now we're responsible for our submission. We're responsible for our own submission, right? That is it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is it. That is merely it. And 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 so so today, you know, really to to hone in on that further, it is taking care of what God is putting you here to do in the relationship, because so many times in failed relationships, it's always finger pointing. And and I'm like, man, bro, we gonna get into this, bro. Me and you, you know, we we here. We gonna jump into this. Uh, I want to jump. I'm gonna go to Genesis here in a second. But I, if I read in Peter, and everybody's pretty much saying the same thing. Well, not everybody, but Paul and Peter. It, it, just in some 
some similarities, but then some slight differences. And uh, one difference was with Peter. If you go to First Peter three, um, Peter said, "Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by behavior of their wives." Uh, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not be... Then he goes into the external appearance. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, um, which I'm going to touch on this. Um, should not come with outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or, or, uh, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self the un the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which mm -hmm. is of great worth in God's sight. Um, then he went on to say, "For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. Uh, yeah. You are her daughters if you do not if you do what is right and do not give way to fear." Uh, then he says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate of be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with right. respect as the weaker partner. Right. Yeah. And, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Like Peter. So Peter went into a little bit more uh, detail about, you know, more of, uh, I guess, in the sense of what they're submitting to and how they're submitting when he begins to talk about the physical part of the woman and how she's dressing and you know how she's uh how she even uh adheres to um the husband she she obeys him right so this is just a, just just bringing out a little more when he brings up Sarah um but the interesting thing apart th about this was this in in the book of Genesis, when you start thinking about Sarah and Abraham, um, when you start thinking about how Sarah treated Abraham, we don't really have a record of it. <laughs> That's what's interesting. Obviously, Peter did because Peter wasn't in Genesis with Abraham, but he had some type of a record of how Sarah was treating Abraham. But but the records that we have, uh, in two accounts, it was Sarah guiding Abraham, right? Yeah. Two accounts. And the first account was what? When he told, when she told Abraham what? Maybe God meant he was going to give you children through my handmaiden. Through my handmaiden. Right. So marry her. <laughs> and he did. Uh, and then sleep with her. And he did. And then that's how we're going to get our child. And they did. Isn't that interesting? And then the second time, uh, she gave. Uh, guidance or gave him some type of word of instruction was when she told Abraham to send her away <laughs> and he refuted and then God said no do what she said and he did right so he sent Haggai Hagar away because yes. Sarah was uh, uh, I guess in having some sense of turmoil with her because of Hagar, Hagar was with the child, and she had the baby, and 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 Hagar was, I guess, I guess, uh, turning her nose up at Sarah because she couldn't have a baby. 
So Sarah felt some kind of way about that. And but it was Sarah's call though, which is interesting. God did give the yeah. baby through it, through through what Sarah instructed exactly. Abraham exactly. to do. And God even even adhered to Sarah's request for Hagar to be sent away when Abraham was refuting. So so when you say, Well, Sarah obeyed Abraham and I'm like, Okay, well we don't have really record of when she obeyed him, aside from the two times Abraham told her to lie by omission. So what do you mean he lied? She lied by omission because she didn't tell uh, the, the Pharaoh that she was married to him, but she just said she was his sister, which she was his sister. Uh, they just had they had different moms. They had the same dad. That was his half sister. Um, so 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 that was the only record that I recall where. Abraham instructed her to do something, and she obeyed. Now, she did call him Lord, and it was record of that. She referred to him as Lord, and that was it. That was, all, that was it. But as far as running the show, it seemed like she was running the show. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In their relationship, Abraham was uh, tucking his tail and doing what the woman was saying to now, I mean, I can get on when it came to Hagar. You know, he was like, well, you know, I don't have a problem with, you know, how many men going to turn down? Okay, marry my handmaid. Oh, okay, baby. <laughs> Who going to say, well, no, dear, I don't think it would be a good idea if I married her when it's benefiting him. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. He just, okay, baby, I, you really want me to marry this woman? I'm pretty sure she looked good. You know, pretty sure she looked good. So that's why they kept her around, you know. Um. So 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 it wasn't hard for him to do that. Now it was hard for him to get rid of his son, so he refuted. But he still had to do it. He still had to do it. Isn't that interesting? And but like I said, when he came to him instructing Sarah, it was to lie. <laughs> and then God came down and caused all kinds of ruckus and confusion among those parties that had Sarah. And then he had to go and chastise Abraham. But what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is this. You don't have an example of Abraham and Sarah really interacting aside from those ones that I just gave you. So I'm not saying right. Peter is giving some instructions to whoever he wrote this letter to. Uh, bad, bad examples or bad reports. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we don't have the evidence to sit and read what Peter's saying and try to go to our wives and tell them, hey, this is the model for you to obey me. Right? We don't have that. But what we do have, what we do have is John chapter 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. And I'll read that. And, and I really don't have to, but I will just go there just for the sake of reading. Before we really just start diving into this thing. Um, but in John... Uh, 34 is a real, real simple thing. It's a real, real simple thing. And we, we, we jump-started this discussion off this verse, uh, off these two right. verses, right? John 13, 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simple as that. That is the model for every relationship. That's the model. What? Love one another one as another. Christ has loved us. Then everyone will know that you are his disciples because you love one 
another. Simple as that. It doesn't matter what type of relationship it is. It doesn't matter. We are called to love one another. Right? As Christ has loved us. And everybody that professes Christ doesn't have to go very far to figure out how Christ has loved us. We don't have to go very far. We don't. Because the biggest thing Christ does for us in that he loves us is what? He's merciful. <laughs> He's merciful. Yes. He does not recompense. He does not recompense. When we are in the wrong towards him, he does not recompense yes. that wrong. Right. He makes no demand. No demands. There are no demands. Now, now, now. Now, place that into your marital relationship. But what are we doing? Making demands. Yeah. Yeah. Both sides. Yes. We're Both making cleverly. demands. Yes. Both yes. Cleverly. Mercy goes out the window. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so... Me personally, the biggest thing that, that I really wanted to come to grips with is this. Why is it so difficult for us to do it with our spouses, but so easy for us to do it with people we say as our family and our children? I can do this with my child. I can, I can, I, I can do it with, yes, I can do it with my parents. I could do it with my cousins. I could do it with my my brothers. We feel like, oh, oh, I can't divorce my cousin. You're gonna always be my cousin. I can't divorce my parents. You're gonna always be my parents. Can't divorce my children. You know, you're gonna always be my children. I can't divorce y'all. Y'all gonna always be connected to me. So, so I gotta be merciful. We feel obligated. I'm obligated to you. I'm, but you're not. You're really not. It's a choice. You're choosing to be merciful to your, to your children, to your parents, to your cousins, to your brothers, to your sisters, to your aunts, to your uncles, to glory, whomever. Glory, glory, yes, glory. yes, yes. What makes the wife different? What makes the wife different? Absolutely nothing. The biggest difference between your husbands and your parents, you discovered them in some part of your life versus being always connected to them. That's the difference. You were always connected to your family, whether you knew they were your family or not. But once you found out they were your family, you were like, oh, that's family. So blood, that's bond. It, it, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to always be my family. So you discovered this wife or husband of yours. You didn't know him all your life. And then you said, oh, this is my husband. All right, all right. So now y'all are husbands. So, so, so that bond is actually stronger in God's sight than any other. But why is it so easy to put that trust in that relationship? Exactly. Why is it so easy to put a trust in in, in family ties versus husband and wife ties? As opposed to a decision that you make. Exactly, because it's the same decision. It's the same decision that you're making with your family as you are with your spouse. It's no different. I have to choose to love them both. I have to choose to be merciful to them both. But what I do, I become selective. I say, oh, my mom, she's not going to ever go anywhere. Mama going to always be there. That's not a truth. 
<laughs> it's not a truth. Mama won't always be there. Your family won't always be there. In a lot of cases, we know our family will be a lot harsher towards us than somebody that isn't our family. But guess what we do? Because it's family, we say, you get a pass. You get mercy, yeah. family. Get but, but, but spouse? Oh, no, you don't, get, you don't get mercy. You don't deserve mercy from me. Why? Because I chose you. I didn't choose my family. No, you didn't. You didn't choose your family. But God requires us to choose to love them regardless if they are blood relatives or not blood relatives. What did Jesus say over in Matthew or was it Luke? He said, whom is my mother, my brothers yes. and my sisters? Yes. Are they not them that obey my father? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are they not them that obey my father? But see, we have this conditional mindset, even as believers. We, can, we sit in here saying, oh, I'm going to be merciful to people that I think have the same blood type as me. But when all of us are connected, all of us are. In actuality, all of us are related. Yeah, and they may not be obeying God. <laughs> and the, the blood relatives, so, so to speak, may not be obeying God. They may be fighting against God, but you're right. giving them mercy. You when actually, they may be your enemies, and your spouse may be your <laughs> your friend, but God tells you to love them both the same way. Mm. He tells you to love them both the same way. How? How? As I have loved you, and then everyone will know that you're my disciple. See, we forget that we're Jesus' disciple when it comes to a spouse. I'm not your disciple, Lord. I'm married. I can't, I, can't, I can't treat my spouse like you treated me. I can't. All the while wanting him to treat you that way when you tell him that. But I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that I'm not going to treat my spouse the way you treated me. No, you don't. You just do it with your actions. When you make demands on your spouse, when you make these demands and your spouse doesn't meet the demands, and then you're like, oh, you can't be my spouse anymore. We can't be spouses. I'm sorry. When God is over here saying, but you are spouses, you chose to connect with this person, but they just not doing right. Well, what does that mean? When your family is not doing right, do you say, but they just not doing right. You're not my family anymore. No, you don't. What do you do? Typically, well, I ain't going to call them anymore. But if they call you, then you ignore them. Then you ignore them for so long. And then you'll, you'll, you'll finally go ahead and give in and answer the phone and listen to them. And then you'll be mad once you get off the phone. And say, That's why I don't be talking to them. But you still go around them in some aspects. But then, yes, there are families that, that are very dysfunctional, and they don't. They are. They are. I'm not tripping. But how many family cases are like that in comparison to divorce cases? I'm pretty sure they're not on par. I'm pretty sure the most dysfunctional families will take up for their family before they would their spouse. What's that old saying? I can talk about my brother, but you can't talk about him. Right. <laughs> you are an outsider. What? Right. And, and, and as believers, we have that same mindset. And I'm just here. And we never let them become insiders. We don't. We never do. We never do. We never follow that simple little command that God said follow. And he said, all will know. All will know. That you're my disciple if you love one another. But how are we acting? We're acting just like, and I just, this is really the last scripture that I'm going to talk about. It's Genesis 3. 
this is this is how we're acting. Uh, and I was reading this the other day. Uh, what was it? Verse. And I'm gonna start at 11. And it said, and he said, this is God talking. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, <laughs> she gave me some from some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Notice, notice what he didn't say in the beginning. <laughs> I ate it. Right. You put a whole bunch of stuff between I ate it and <laughs> I ate it. The woman didn't force it in your throat, yeah. down your esophagus. Right. You ate it. And he admitted to that. But notice what he didn't do. He didn't admit to his wrong. Right. He said he ate it, which was wrong. But he didn't admit to his wrong. See, 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 the, see, see the beginning of this? This is exactly what we do in marital relationships, in relational, any type of, whatever type of relationship. You know what I mean? This is what we do. We finger point. Even among families, this is the big disruption. We are not, we are not owning what we are we doing. We don't own anything, right? We're not owning what we're doing. But we want that mercy, though. Because notice what he wanted in the beginning. Read it again. He said, this is Genesis three eleven, And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to? He didn't command, I, I didn't command you. I commanded you not to eat that tree, to eat from that tree. And he immediately wanted mercy. Why do you say he wanted mercy? Because what did he say? The woman you put here with me, see, see, right there, he's wanting mercy. It wasn't my fault. It was this woman you gave me. It wasn't my fault. I had to eat it because she gave it to me. <laughs> That's what he said. I had to eat it, Lord. I, she gave me the fruit. I had to. I, I was hungry. You know, I knew it was from that tree. I did know. You, he didn't say that though, but he did know, and he did eat it. But but he wanted mercy. But Corey, no, he didn't ask. He didn't ask. He didn't ask the God's question. And he didn't. He did not. Why? Because he knew he did wrong. But he wanted mercy. He wanted. Mercy. See, we want the mercy, right? But we don't want to give the mercy. And all God is saying is, I want you to be merciful. Yes, your spouse did that. I still want you to be merciful. Yes, your parents did that. I still want you to be merciful. Yes, your brother. Yes, your sister. Yes, your cousin. Yes, your friend. Yes, your spouse. What, whomever. I still want you to be merciful. Why? Because... You require me to be merciful to you. So follow my lead and be merciful to them. If we would be merciful towards one another, period, regardless of the relationship, period, just period, it would take a whole lot. Go ahead. If we would just just recognize the need for mercy. Just the need that they need it. My spouse needs mercy. This situation needs mercy. It needs mercy. Yeah. Not, not, not condemnation. Not, oh, no, we got to get a divorce. Oh, no, I ain't calling you ever again. Oh, no, you can't call me no more. No, we, we going to be family from afar. No, we need mercy. Mercy. 
We need mercy. And we all want it. I, I don't know very many people that want to be put, you know, want to be put to death because of something they did. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How many murderers were like, yeah, yeah, man, go on, kill me. Even that dude that was... That but when you think about it, any any situation you come up on, yeah, when you assess the situation, mm-hmm. there's a, a need for what condemnation? No, mercy. No, there's a need for mercy. There's a need for mercy, and evidently we don't we don't recognize mercy. We don't. We don't. Only 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 when it's for us, right? Because notice what he said. In, in verse 12, he said, the woman you put here with me. What is that, what is that saying? She's the cause. She is the reason why this happened. <laughs> That's why we got a problem. It is not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And the woman turned around and said, the snake. The snake? You see what everybody's doing? It wasn't her fault. <laughs> and the snake couldn't say anything. He had to take his punishment. <laughs> He couldn't say anything. He couldn't say, oh, oh who was behind me? He didn't have to say nothing. Where's my puppet master? Yeah. Silence. Yeah. And that's what God is requiring. Silence. Right. You were yeah. wrong. Be quiet. Yeah. You were wrong. Be, wrong. Be, be quiet. There's going to be consequences. So you got to get the spanking. But I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to block your number. I'm not going to divorce you. I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to let, what did we start out saying? I got to give you back to God. I got to let God deal with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he will, however he chooses to. You're God's property. I can't, I can't condemn you. I, can, I cannot. I got to let God handle you, man. God going to take care of you, brother. And you know what I'm going to keep doing? I'm going to keep being merciful to you. I'm going to keep being merciful to you. You know? what? what? We, enter, we enter into judgment. We do. We go right oh. into judgment. And the same Lord said, judge not. Judge not. Lest you be judged. And, and, and isn't that what ends up happening? Yeah. We begin to judge and then the other person begins to judge us. And then that kiss keeps going on and on and on. You know, oh, you're not perfect, no, and you're not perfect. And you remember when you did this and did this, and then other person, you remember you did this and you did this, and then it keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps building. It keeps snowballing. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger between that, until that big old snowball is right in between the two of you, and you can't see each other, and all you see is that big old snowball of what she did and what he did. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, y'all leave. It's over. It's done. And that big old snowball is still in the middle of the two of you. It's still right there. And, and, and what nobody ever realizes, what ev- no one ever realizes, what is the effect on God? Exactly. What have I just done? What did I do? What did I do? I made a liar out of God. Yeah. I just made a liar yeah. out of him. I blasphemed. Love does not cover a multitude of sins. No, it does. You're just not doing it. Not, but not in my instance. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It, it, the, the sin was too great. Right. God, this was impossible for God. I got an exception. It is. It was an exception to the rule. I don't have to love in this case. <laughs> but, but, but you see how we leave God out completely? Oh, yes. There was no consultation. We leave him out completely. Yes, indeed. We don't have the decency to ask, Lord, what's the right thing to do? What's the right thing to do? What is the right thing to say? What is the right response to this situation? Yes. What is the God thing to do? How can I be merciful in this situation? I have to be merciful. I've got to figure out how to be merciful, Lord. Show me how to be merciful. Because, because all I want to do is condemn. All I want to do is guilty. And I know that's wrong. And I know that's wrong. Because you I don't do that. You don't do that with me. I miss the mark every day, and you don't do that with me. Every moment of every second, I miss the mark, and you don't do that with me. You don't say guilty. Throw them in the pit. You give me another chance. You let me continue to breathe in and exhale out the air that is good enough for me to continue to breathe in and exhale out, right? You don't throw me in the pit. You give me another opportunity to live for you. You're merciful. And that's all he's asking us to be. He's merciful in our relationships. Be merciful. And notice I said relationships. No matter what relationship it is, be merciful. But in marital, for the sake of marriages, be merciful. Be merciful. Mm -hmm. Love in a marriage, and everybody, and this is the people will know that you're God's disciples. Just your spouse will know that you're God's disciple, whether they are or not. They will know you are, because you're being merciful, because you're loving them the way Christ loved you. In all of their flaws, you're still loving them. And they're trying to figure out what is wrong with you. You're crazy. Yes, for God. <laughs> I am crazy for God. Yeah, it is yeah. because of God. God's love constraineth me. I am no better than you, even though I want to say that I am. <laughs> and all that I feel you're doing to me, I'm, I must not be doing better for you. So I got to do better for you to see that I love God. And and not for happens, anything else. And see what happens, our answer becomes God. God. Because that's all Paul kept saying. In every situation, God. God. That's all Paul said. Yes, he said submit. And then he said love. But all he said was obey God. Yes. Submit as unto the Lord. Love your wife as Christ loves your church. Yes. What is he saying? Sounds different, but it's not. He's telling you to obey God. Reverence God. He's telling you to obey God. Do what God is telling you to do. Take shift your focus from your spouse. You chose them. You chose them. You did. You made a choice. It's like, oh, I'm stuck with that choice. I'm indebted to this because of this choice. It was a bad. It was a mistake. <laughs> well, God said that about y'all and us too. Me too. Right? He said that about us. He said it was a mistake. <laughs> I repent that I made man. Yes. <laughs> I made a mistake. God said that. What? God, we said God don't make mistakes. God said he did. And then he had mercy. And then he had mercy. We ain't doing what he's doing. Then he had mercy. We're not following him. He, all he said is just follow me. Do what I'm doing. Well, Lord, you God, though. And I got you. I got you. Covered. 
like a blanket. I got you. Swallowed up. If you would just follow me, I would empower you to show this person how to love you. And if they can't get it right, trust me, I'll move them. I'll move them. I will move them. You have. You don't have to worry about it. I got this situation. That's, that's, and that's just the truth. If we trust God enough to just do what he's telling us to do. Man, so many miracles will be shined through in all of our relationships. All of them. And as I say, that has become so cliche. That's all I have. That's all I have. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.